Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Hey, welcome to the kitchen table today. We have been talking for the last six weeks about what it means to be a grace-filled warrior. And the reason why I have taken time to pull out these topics is I really wanted us to have a foundational language going forward so that as we begin to tackle the ways that we work and walk with our kids, We actually have this underpinning of who we are. We have planted ourselves down in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17, and we are owning our identity that we triumphantly follow Christ because he has been victorious and he has commissioned us because we are the best mom for our children surrender when we walk surrender to him so he has commissioned us for the task in our home and we speak in Christ as that scripture says it says that we we speak the truth of God because we are the hope givers for our kids and we're going to cast that vision of who Jesus is and what he offers to our kids when everything else in the world runs dry falls apart and disappoints That's what we are. We speak in Christ. And then the last couple of weeks, we were talking about the fact that we are fierce on the battlefield. What does it mean to have this armor of God? And and as we go forward, we're going to talk about that more and more in language of how do we talk about with our kids and how does it affect our mindset? But we had to start with the fact that we were on a battlefield. And then we talked about how do we pray? And how do we know? that God hears our prayers, all of our prayers, especially when life feels really, really hard. And then last week, we talked about why do we need friends? Why do we need friends who believe this exact same concept? Why do we need other women out there who say, I get it. I'm walking it with you. I will speak these words over you and into you in the moments of crisis in your life. Why do we need those kinds of friends? Because we desperately do. And we can have lots of friends. I have a lot of friends. I'm an Enneagram 7. I like people. But I have purposefully chosen certain friends to speak the gospel truths to me about my identity, about who God is, about where I run when in the seasons of my life when I have felt like my world is falling apart and they have been faithful to me to do just that. And then this week, we're finishing it. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that we walk in thanksgiving. 
So this passage of scripture says, right from the beginning, it says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. We walk in thanksgiving. And so my little tagline under that is really that we rejoice and walk in deeply anchored joy. And so this is what we're going to explore really quickly today, because I think for most of us, this is where we wonder if we can do it. Um, over the years with all of my kids, more days than not, I get to about 830 in the morning and I realize that I am not walking in Thanksgiving. I am irritated because nobody's getting up and nobody's getting ready. I've asked 14 times for somebody to feed the dogs or take the dog out or heaven forbid, just the other morning, all of that happened and it's just been raining like crazy in Georgia and nobody really wanted to walk the dog. And so we had his leftover stuff on our carpet and I was not joyful. I was nagging. (laughs) And, and so we then get caught up in, oh, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. And it's in these light areas, right? We haven't even touched on the seasons of life that are, that are hard, that are deeply painful, that are stretching beyond anything we could imagine. You know, I remember I had a season with our last child and I ended up on bed rest for the last six weeks and trying to homeschool and hold a world together and be on your bed and all those things felt very empty of joy. I just, it was just too hard. And in our home, we have walked through some dark tunnels with some of our kids and some mental health things. And we're still walking in places that it doesn't seem like we're happy. It doesn't seem fun. I'm motivated by fun. It doesn't seem fun. And when the Lord began to unpack for me what it means to be anchored by joy, It actually freed me so much. Just let, I was able to let go of all the expectations of all the performance that I was like, oh, I'm not thankful. I'm not joyful. I don't like doing gratitude journals. I don't, all the things that I had tried to increase gratitude and change my happiness level in the hard seasons that we have, that I have walked God said, let go of it all, baby. Let me help you understand joy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Because my belief is that most of us don't understand what joy is. Maybe I'm wrong. But I want you to understand, first of all, in Greek, what joy means. So if you've, again, if you've been here a while, you know, I just own it. I'm a word nerd and I like to know stuff in its meaning. So the word joy in Greek means grace recognized. It has nothing to do with a feeling. It has nothing to do with giggling, laughter, being happy, not sad. 
It is being able to recognize grace. And another thing we have to know about joy is that joy is a fruit of the spirit. So we talk to our kids about a little word picture that I want to share real fast if I can. We oftentimes will read in Galatians about the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I was trying to sing the song real quickly in my head. And, um, And so then as a Christian, as a mom, we're like, oh, gosh, I've got to be loving, joyful, patient, kind, good, gentle with my children. I mean, these are the fruit of the Spirit, and I've just got to have them. And so we bypass the part of that verse that said this is a fruit of the Spirit. And instead, we say it has to be a fruit of Bethany. I have to do this. I have to get these things, and I have to act this way. And so what I what I have done in the past, and this is the picture we tell our kids, is that so we say, oh, I got to be loving. And so we go and we grab the loving fruit and we stick it on a stick and we hold it up. And then we say, oh, I got to be joyful. So we grab the joyful fruit and we stick it on another stick and we, hold, we can hold two sticks in that hand. We know it. We sure we can. And then we go and we grab all the fruit and we're juggling all these sticks And we're holding up all this fruit and we are seeking to be what actually God says in his word is given unto you. But we are seeking to be it. And you know, the truth is, is if you as another mama drive by me fast in life, so I'm standing there and I've got all my sticks of fruit and you're speeding by in your world and you look over and you see me. And you go, man, Bethany's got it all together. Look at her. She's at Carline and she's not irritated at her kids that they've dropped their backpack and they're scrambling in and they're like, she never acts impatient and she's always so loving and you're flying by me at the ball field or wherever you see me. And you say, gosh, she's got it all together. And yet if you stopped and you spent time in my world, you would begin to go, wait a minute, you're holding sticks with fruit on the end and nothing is connected to a source because you've gone and plucked fruit, you've stuck it on a stick, it is rotting and you're frantically trying to hold it all together yourself. And we know over and over in scripture in John 15, he says, plug into me. I am the source. I am your source. Let me grow fruit in you. And then, of course, in Galatians, where it says, this is a fruit of the Spirit. It is His, and He grows it in you and in me. So for us, when we're talking now about how do we get anchored in joy, we don't get anchored in joy. (laughs) The Spirit is who does this work. So first of all, I just, I want you just to lay it down. If you've been juggling a bunch of sticks of fruit, I want you to go, just stop the podcast. Go spend a little time with Jesus and just say, Jesus, how am I juggling junk that is rotting on sticks? And how instead can I spend time with you and trust that you will grow in me what I desperately need? And he will do that for you. He is faithful to do that. 
but let's explore joy. So joy, I said it, it's grace recognized. So it centers on what he has done for you and for me. It is recognizing what the gospel is all about. The fact that Jesus, from the beginning of time, had you on his mind. And he knew every dark space in your heart and your mind, every place you want to hide and cover up, where shame has latched on and won't let go, where you worry if anyone saw that, the things you pretty up and the things you fake. He sees it all and he full on, wholeheartedly, completely loves you there and came for you. That's grace. And recognizing this grace becomes a practice I can engage in in my daily moments of life. So while I cannot summon up great joy in me, because that's a, a fruit on a stick, unconnected, right? But what I can choose to do is plug in to Jesus and begin to practice seeing Jesus at work in me. Recognizing in the moment that I am short-tempered with my child at 7.30 in the morning because I've asked him four times to go upstairs and brush their teeth. I can stand there in that moment and I can say, Jesus, first of all, thank you that you, you don't get this impatient with me. And Jesus, I am sorry that I am this impatient. And yet I am so thankful that in this moment you love me fully and you want to lead me into a place where I can speak with kindness to my child, even though they will, they're refusing to go brush their teeth. And in that moment, we can reset our mind and not set it on behavior, but set it on the one who knows our behavior and still loves us. And so then this begins to settle, this begins to settle our soul. This begins to settle all those rough, bumpy patches that feel so hard because every moment we can begin to say again, I want to see your grace here. I want to see how you want to set me free. I want to see how you came for me in these moments. And beginning to plug into the source of Jesus, and instead of trying to hold sticks up, we will see grace at work. You see, God promises us He promises us his grace in all the moments that we experience. He promises us his grace in the moments that you feel forgotten. Like nobody sees what you're doing. I remember in the season when we had four kids under five years old and Troy was working so much. You know, there's like 164 hours in a week. And I know that because as a resident, he worked most of them. He pretty much worked them all. And, um, and I just remember feeling like nobody knew what I was doing. I was just at home with these kids. In fact, real quickly, I had a, um, here's a good example of that. Um, I 
was turning 30, had four kids under five years old. And, um, no, we only had three kids. And, uh, I just, it felt like a big birthday and he was on call. And so he had gone in way early and he, he definitely could have kissed me goodbye at four in the morning and said, happy birthday, but I'm not awake at four in the morning. And so I would not have known he did that. And so then the whole day went by. And of course, my children didn't know it was my birthday. And it felt weird. It felt weird to tell my three-year-old, oh, it's my birthday, or my two-year-old, and certainly not the baby. And so it was began to be this place, this hollow place inside of me as the day went on. I was like, nobody sees me. And nobody knows it's my birthday. We had nowhere to go. And even if I'd gone there, who would know it was my birthday? My parents honestly didn't call me. And um, it just felt like a forgotten day. And yet, God in his grace began to speak into that place and say, I see you. I see all the work you're doing. I see the way you're walking. I know your pain, even in this, it's little. And I, and I felt almost embarrassed by how I felt about it. And yet God sees us there and he meets us in that place with his grace. He does not forget you. You know, grace rescues us from all the things that trap us. I don't know what, what traps you. I have a real superficial uh, streak inside of me. I love shoes and I love bags and I love clothes. I just do. I wish I didn't. Um, I've tried to convince myself I shouldn't. And yeah, I do. But God rescued me a few years ago from the trappings of feeling like it defined me. That's what grace does. God releases us from the bondage, the places where we feel held back or ashamed. Because, you know, he walks with you in those places. But the gospel changes everything. So really quickly here at the end, what do I want you to know and take away? I want you to know five things that the gospel does. What does grace do for you and for me? The first thing grace recognize when we begin to recognize grace and joy begins to flood in us, not because we decided we want to be joyful, but because we are seeing Jesus at work in our lives and it changes everything. The first thing grace does is it changes our gait. It changes the way we walk. We know we no longer walk like somebody who's downtrodden, discouraged and in despair. Maybe some days we still feel that way, but we're beginning to learn how in those moments where discouragement bites at our heels and despair wants to just pull us down, we're beginning to learn, no, we need to go to the source and start there. Every day I think about this truth. I believe in a lot of ways I am a grace amnesiac. I forget grace every day. I forget it. I I just... I forget, forget his grace exists and I'm back in performance space. And so I have to go back over and over and he never, he never gets tired of me reentering the throne room. He welcomes me every time 
and he will you too. It changes the way you walk. And then it will change your sight, your line of sight. You know, I tell a story about uh, Timothy was hiding one day just the other week and he was hiding behind a tree and we were doing um, hide and seek. And all of a sudden he is running, screaming from his hiding place, screaming his head off, flying at me. And of course, what do you do? I mean, you scoop up your child and over his legs, he probably had at least a hundred fire ants. We have them down here in Georgia um, and they're horrible. And so he had all I mean, ants covering him. And of course, you're trying to frantically get them all off. And he's and he ended up with, I think we counted 48 ant bites. It was terrible. But the moment he left his hiding place behind that tree, his eyes were locked on mine. And my eyes were locked on his. And he was running full tilt to the only source for help that he knew of. And the truth is for you and for me, God is the one you can run from your hiding place to full tilt, barring nothing. And he promises to rescue you every day from everything. It's what grace does. Grace changes our sightline. We begin to recognize he is the one we need to see. Grace deepens our faith walk. And we know this, but it, it, it ties it in scripture, you know, that strength and joy are found in the Lord. When the spirit begins to grow this joy in you, this ability to understand grace and to see it at work in you, it will deepen your faith. And in the painful, hard places that you walk, it becomes the anchor point for you. And then it is designed for others' growth. And we've already talked about this, that you are a hope giver and a vision caster. But in this passage in um, second Corinthians, it talks about that you and I are the aroma of Christ. That means that we smell of Jesus to our kids. We are the ones who help joy begin to grow in the hearts of others. We introduce children to grace. We say, look, I understand that you disobeyed and we're going to talk about this, but I understand you disobeyed. I want to show, I want to tell you about the one who knew you were going to do it and loved you there. And he doesn't want to leave you there. And it's called grace and it's Jesus. See, we are the ones, we are helpers in the joy department. We are the aroma of Jesus to our kids. The overflow of our lives over our children that aroma that flows over into them is sourced in the truth that the spirit promises to fill you with his joy. And that's the fifth truth about this. So it is going to change the way you walk. It's going to change who you look at. It is designed to grow your strength. I mean, to, to deepen your faith and grow your faith strong. It is designed for others' growth. And finally, it is promised by God that you will be filled with his joy completely. I love the passage in Romans 15, 13, where he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And again, last little word nerd nugget, that word fill means to cram you and me full to capacity. 
Like he's just smashing that joy in there. And you can trust him to do that. This is the way we walk. This is what we put our hope in. That Jesus died for you and for me. That we may be set free from everything that wants to tie us down. You are a grace-filled warrior. Designed especially for the job in your home, in your family, with your children, in your relationships, God has called you to walk with Him triumphantly, speaking words of hope, smelling of Jesus, and finally to be anchored in His joy. I just want you to know, and if you were sitting with me, I would grab your hand and I would say, I would want to know, does it make sense? Have you ever thought about it this way? And in which one of these places do you want God to begin to be real to you? Feel free to reach out to me. I said it last week. If you don't have a friend who will be an arm lifter, I will be your friend. If this doesn't make sense or you've never experienced or you don't understand grace and you don't understand what I'm talking about, reach out to me and I will spend time with you. You can find me at my website and you can find me on Instagram. And I hope today you will walk as a grace-filled warrior. hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.